Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I want to preach to you the subject today God's favor is for life. God's favor is for life. As you remain seated, Going to the Old Testament this morning, Psalm 30, verses 4 through 7. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. Amen. God's favor for life. Lord, I just pray today that you would take us to another level as a church and for us as individuals. I pray that your favor would fall upon us, Lord. We ask. We need it in this day and time. We can't do it on our own. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And let the church said, amen. Amen. Let me hear you say the favor of God. The favor of the Lord is a very, very real thing. The displeasure of God is a real thing. The wrath of God, it is a real thing. And the anger of God, it is a real thing. But I think the Lord's go-to emotion is something good, something positive. For most of the world believes that God is angry at all of us, and God has turned his face on us, turned his back upon us completely. I hear people all the time when they pray, you know, God, if you're up there, God, if you were really real, then this and that. It's like God is far out. It's like God has nothing to do with us and man cannot draw close to the Lord. But around here at the Life Church, we believe something totally different that you can literally get to a place with God, not where he's up there, but he's right here, a walk with God. And so close that even his own spirit gets inside of you and speaks through you and manifests through you. That's the type of God and the relationship we want you to have with him. And I'm preaching to you today that you can have the favor of God. It's not just for a praise singer or an usher or one of our staff members, but it is for every saint here at the Life Church. If the Life Church is your home, the favor that we are talking about not only is upon us as a congregation as a whole, but you can have it upon your life as an individual, the favor of Almighty God. I want his anointing, I want his calling, I want his blessing, I want his forgiveness, I want his love, and I want every gift that he has for me. But you want to have all those things, and I'm sure you do, but I'm preaching to you about something today that is very unique, and that is his favor. I understand this, God does not show favoritism, Galatians chapter 6. His favor is not predestined. He doesn't have teacher's pets, 
so to speak. He doesn't show favoritism or have favorites, but it is just simply his favor. And either you have it or you don't. And it's placed upon anybody whom the Lord feels is worthy of it, who has the qualities of it, who have done things to find favor in his eyes. God's favor is simply this. It is his demonstrated delights. It is tangible evidence that a person or a group has the approval of the Lord. Physical signs can be seen of the favor of the Lord upon somebody's life. It is simply somebody who came from nothing and became somebody, not on their own accord, but only through the hand of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. It's a real thing. I remember in the early 2000s, Brother Stone King preached a message to this church about the favor of the Lord. And he said, people have asked me, Brother Stone King, a great evangelist, how did you go from being a farm boy up in Iowa to now a great evangelist in the Pentecostal movement? They said, it was it because of you did this and you did this, he did this, go to school and study and this and that. He said, yes, I've done all of those things, but you want to know the truth? It didn't come by my own power, but it only came through God's spirit who gave me favor. He said when everybody else at Bible college was playing ping pong and having coffee and donuts, I went to the prayer room. He said after I preach in my meetings, all of the preachers would be in the back schmoozing and talking about going to the steakhouse. He said, you know where I was up at the altar still praying for somebody who was seeking after the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to tell you, Brother Stone King, he did come from a small farm in Iowa and now to a big place, big platforms. He survived a heart attack. He's been through hardships. And you want to know how he got through it all? And he's now north of 80 years old. It was through the favor of God. And I've come to tell somebody, no matter if you come from the big city or the countryside, if you will learn to pray and get a hold of God and be about the Father's business, he may take you from the farm, amen, to become a conference preacher, to become a mighty anointed man or woman of God, amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's the favor of God. You can see it on somebody's life if you know their story. And all of us need to have a story. I believe as apostolics, we should be able at any moment to give our testimony to people. I'm learning it's great if you know Acts 2.38, Deuteronomy 6.4, and you're able to talk about our doctrine. That is awesome. But you really want to draw a crowd and get attention? Start talking about what God did in your life. That is how you will overcome this world. It is by the power of God and the word of your testimony. But I believe it's a step further, not only your salvation and where you are going, but in all the aspects of your life. I believe that everything that we have, everything that we possess, we should be able to say, this is what I got and this is how God gave it to me. You see this over here, this part of my life? God did it, and this is how he did it. Everything from your marriage to your children to your house 
to your cars, to your clothes, to your job. It wasn't me. I didn't do it, but through the favor of the Lord, this is how God gave it to me. This is how he did it to me. And your life becomes a living testimony for the living God. And if you testify how you got it, that's going to please the Lord. And God say, if you will testify about that, I'll give you this. If you like it like this, I'll give you this. If you're proud of that small house, watch what I'll do for you. I'll give you a bigger house. I've come to preach to somebody who's looking for some upgrade in your life. As it were, you may feel like your life is still like an old flip phone and you're ready to get onto the smartphone in your life. I've come to tell you today is the day of upgrade for the favor of the Lord is descended upon heaven upon this place and God will bless you. Praise God. Hope you receive it. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? It's coming, Brother Chris. It's coming. Praise the Lord. It's coming, Brother Chris. Praise God. King David, who wrote this psalm, wrote it in the latter years of his life. And he was there at his house and looked at the tabernacle and looked at Mount Zion and the walls and the army and the servants and his family and everything. And he looked around and said, this is great. And I've been through some hard times, but I look around and I see the favor of God upon my life. He didn't come from money. He didn't come from royalty. He came from the countryside. He was a shepherd. He didn't begin by being enlisted in the army. Oh no, his father said, while your brothers go off, you stay home. I need you home. He wasn't able to go out and see the world. He wasn't able to go out on his own and make fame, but instead it was him and those little sheep. But that didn't stop David. He knew how to do big things with little stuff. And so he got to praying, playing that harp and looking at his little sheep, and God would talk to him out there in the wilderness as a small boy. And he started singing psalms. You know, I'm guarding my sheep, but really who's guarding me? And he figured it out. The Lord has been guarding me. The Lord is my shepherd. And the strength and the might and the wisdom of God began to come upon him. So much so that he never lost a sheep. When bears would come up, David knew how to use his small little weapons. Not big swords, not big javelins, nothing like that. Just a little sling and a stone could take out bears and could take out lions. And he grew a large flock that way. It was not through his own will. It was not through his own power, his determination, but it was the favor of Almighty God. And when King Saul began to fail the Lord, didn't do it the way God wanted him to, God looked across the land, and he could have chosen anybody, but he chose a young man that nobody knew that didn't have any popularity or influence, but he was just a shepherd there with little sheep. And God looked upon him as he would write music to him and sing songs to him. And God said, that's the type of man that I want to favor. That's the type of man that I want to take from the sheepfold out there in the hot desert to be up on the mountain and rule my people one day. Not through David's own ability, not through his own power, but because of the tangible evidence 
and the visible manifestations of the delight of God. You see a man, a young boy, go from just being a shepherd to shepherding Israel. That is the type of upgrade that I'm talking about for this church as a whole and us as individuals. Let me hear you shout, favor! How do you get it? It's all over the Bible. Why was Mary chosen by God? Why did Gabriel appear to her? He said, highly favored woman of God. Jesus, when he's young, Luke says that he grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor. How did the early church in the book of Acts grow and expand? Because they had favor with God. Yes, they were anointed. Yes, they were called. Yes, they were all blessed. Yes, they were loved. Yes, they were gifted. But the upgrades and the expansion and the visible signs that the hand of God was upon their life was because of favor. David attracted the favor of God because he loved God. He was after God's own heart. He knew how to write psalms that would drive out distressing spirits away from the king. That's the power of anointed worship. Amen. And I know we got powerful prayer warriors in here. And I know we got people that know how to do all of that stuff. And I believe in all of that. We may cast a devil out of somebody here today. It'd be all right if we did. Amen. But let me tell you where a lot of spiritual warfare happens. It happens through our minister of music of 20 years up here playing anointed worship music. Amen. I've seen it happen in this church, out there greeting people, coming in, feeling low and feeling fearful and depressed and full of anxiety, coming in here and just hearing and feeling the worship of Almighty God. Those spirits are driven off of people's minds and hearts. That's the power of anointed worship. When you learn how to worship like that, the favor of God will fall upon you, praise the Lord. David knew how to fight. And he wasn't afraid to take on bigger enemies. While everybody else was hiding out in the caves and hiding out in their tents, a big mighty giant was out there challenging Israel and challenging the army and challenging God. Even Saul wouldn't go out and fight him. None of David's brothers would go out and fight him. He was the youngest, he was the smallest, didn't have mighty weapons. But he said, if I can take down a bear and I can take down a lion, me and my sling and my little stones can take down that big giant. And that type of faith attracted the favor of God. When David could have taken out the enemy within, his own father-in-law Saul, David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Instead of running to evil and wickedness, instead of taking him down, instead David chose the righteous path and the Lord favored him for it. He was not afraid to take on the enemies that the Lord said, go conquer and the greatest thing I believe that attracted the favor of God upon David's entire life was the tabernacle that he set up. You know, Moses, when he set up the tabernacle, everything was covered. It was a tent. But David, who really wasn't that smart, you know, I mean, he had his own level of wisdom, but you read his writings compared to some of the other ones, like Isaiah, who was so eloquent, Jeremiah, who was eloquent, Ezekiel, who could talk and talk and talk about the goodness of God and revelation. You know what David knew? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
And who is quoted from more than anybody in the Old Testament? It is David. What writings appear more in the New Testament than anybody else in the Old Testament writers? It is David, even though it was simple, even though it was basic, but because he had the favor of the Lord, his ideas and his writings went to a totally new level because for him, worship was not just for a few, but he wanted worship to be done all throughout the land. You know what he did? Not even really with permission. But he said, we're not going to wall off the tabernacle anymore. We're just going to put a little roof over the tabernacle so that all who would come and see, they would be able to see the priest offer the sacrifices. See the priest go to the laver of water. Watch the priest go in there to the table of showbread and then go to the golden lampstand and then come up to the altar of incense and then, yes, minister before the Lord in front of the Ark of the Covenant. They could all see it and behold it. And God looked down and said, you know, it's not really the way I wrote it, but I like being seen by all the people. I want to be seen by all the people. I want my glory to fill the entire earth. And you read about it in Bible prophecy. In the latter days, God is not going to raise up the tabernacle of Moses, not the tabernacle of Solomon, but it is the tabernacle of David. And you and I are getting an experience of that right now. There's no veil up here anymore, but you and I are all walking into the glory of God. Boldly praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. David wrote Psalms. He said, when I pray, I like to get into the shadow of the wings of Almighty God. You know, the Ark of the Covenant, it had angels on top. Whenever that sunrise would come up, it would cast a shadow from the Ark of the Covenant upon the ground. And David knew, I'm not a priest. I can't get up there and touch that Ark. I won't do that. But at least I can get into the shadow of Almighty God. My friends, that is faith that will attract the favor of God. When you just love his presence enough just to get into a little bit of a shadow of it, just to get a little bit of a touch of it, that's all I need. That's all I can go on. Amen. You'll attract the faith. Favor of God, praise the Lord. But David wrote in this psalm, he said, I look and I see my prosperity, and it was all God. He did write and confessed that his life wasn't perfect, but he had hard times. And this is where the favor of the Lord really comes into a deeper meaning. He said in Psalm 30, God got angry, but it was just for a moment. But his favor has been a part of my whole life. You know what happened when God got angry with David? It was because he was unfaithful to his wife. David knew the wrath of God was there. When Gad the prophet challenged him, David didn't try to lie. He didn't try to backpedal. He didn't try to put the blame on somebody else for what he did. And what he did to one of his own chosen soldiers. Instead, he repented. And he knew the God was mad. But at that moment, he saw the anger of the Lord pass by. And he got a little bit of a taste of grace. And the favor of God kept him going. Praise the Lord. And maybe you feel like that here today. You've done things you're not proud of. You did things you didn't plan on doing. It just sort of just happened because you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm telling you, God's great favor 
can overshadow that and cancel that and you can keep on moving to the plan and purpose of God that you have in your life because his anger is not forever, it's just for a moment. And maybe today, that quick anger of God is leaving your life right now and you can walk in prosperity and blessings, praise the Lord. Praise God. David said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. A man who is prosperous, one of the greatest kings in all the world, he said, yes, I've cried sometimes all night. You know, he cried when one of his children who was not well and passed away. He wept over that child. But after he heard the news, he rose up and went to the house of the Lord and worshiped. He worshiped his way out of his tears and worshiped himself into the joy of the living God. And I've come to tell somebody, yes, I believe in what you sow is what you reap. And sometimes if you sow iniquity, you will reap iniquity back. But can I tell you, you may be crying all night because of your mistakes. The sun is going to come up and the joy of the Lord will come to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The favor of the Lord was upon David during his weeping. Matter of fact, he said in another psalm that God collects our tears in a bottle up in heaven. You know, David wrote about raising your hands and clapping your hands and singing and dancing in church. You know, you read about it in the book of Psalms. Nowhere does it say, worship the Lord with thy hands and thy pocketeths. Sit stilleth, for the goodness of the Lord does not require you to get excited. Oh, no, but he said, let's get excited for God and let's move for God and let's do it all for the Lord. But, he doesn't say in that psalm that the Lord numbers every time I raise my hands or every time I clap my hands or every time I bowed my knee. He says, oh, no, the Lord, though, counts every time I cry for him. You know what's going on? The Lord has numbered and bottled up all of our tears in heaven. It is the only thing about us, I think, that becomes spiritual. It transfers somewhere in the spirit world when you weep before the presence of the Lord and God bottles it up. It's like it makes tears more powerful and a connection to him. Don't ever be afraid to cry. It's not a sign of weakness, but a sign of spiritual power, brothers. It's a sign of spiritual power, sisters. It's how you get joy back in your life. It's how you get your happiness back. It's how you get your momentum back. Amen. You just may need a good cry in the presence of the Lord and attract his favor here today. Amen. Jesus said to John in the book of Revelation that one day when we get up there and we see him for the first time, that we're not going to wipe away our tears, but the Lord himself is going to wipe away all the tears from our eyes. He's going to say, you've cried enough. There's nothing else to cry for. You and I are no longer distant from heaven to earth, but it's all just heaven. It's all just heaven. And that day is coming very soon when you and I aren't going to pray to a wall or to a ceiling or carpet here when we kneel down, but we're going to look at the Lord face to face face. That's where the favor of God is leading, to be in eternity with him forever. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But if you're dealing with loss, weep today. Your joy is coming. If you're dealing with grief, weep today. His favor is coming. 
David also said, the Lord hid his face from me, and I was so troubled. But his favor has made my mountain stand strong. You know what happened? David did something God said not to do. The Lord commanded Israel, never number the people. Meaning never take a consensus. But instead, when it was time for all of the men to appear before the Lord, they would bring a half shekel, a small coin, and they would toss it in a box. And then the priest would count the coins because God never wanted his people to be a number. Never wanted his people to be a number. But David wanted to be like the nations round about and wanted to have a vast, large army. And he counted all of the soldiers. And God looked down and said, that is not faith. That is depending upon your own might and your own power. God wanted to be the one who was the source of conquering, the source of winning. And God pronounced a judgment upon him. And at that moment, it was like God turned his face away from David for a moment. But he accepted the reproach and he didn't complain about the judgment that came upon the land. He accepted it. He knew he had to go through it. But he knew that the good that he did for God outweighed the bad. And the favor of the Lord covered all of that. And he was still able at the end of his life to look and say, even though I've messed up, even though I've done things in my life where God got mad at me, even though I've done things in my life where I had to weep because of the loss that I encountered, and yes, at times it felt like God wasn't even there, I got through all of that and his favor has kept my mountain strong. Maybe you are like that here today. You feel like God's abandoned you. Like the psalmist wrote that he has turned his face from you. Can I tell you, the favor of God will keep you going. If you're bearing the reproach of your sins, keep on bearing it. The time shall pass and you'll be able to look in your life. Even though I made mistakes, God kept me strong and he kept my mountain alive. Can you praise the Lord for it? Amen. God wants to do something good in your life. He wants to expand you. He wants to enlarge your coast. He wants to give you an upgrade. There's a lot of scripture in the Bible that gives us direction about how to find the favor of the Lord. Number one, and maybe some of you single guys, your mind went to, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. All the married men, can you say amen? Find that wife and obtain favor from the Lord. God said in Proverbs chapter 8, He who finds me obtains favor. There's a lot of things to look for in this life. A lot of ideas, a lot of opportunities, but you truly want favor from heaven. Study the Lord, people. Get to know this God. Search for him. What does God feel? What does God think? What is God doing? And if God can become your favorite, his favor will be bestowed upon your life. There's a lot of scripture about favor. Just one more. Proverbs chapter 14. It says, fools mock at sin, meaning sin is hilarious to them. It's like somebody who watches a movie that no apostolic should be watching and they're laughing at all that. And ah, it's just a movie. Do you find that sin entertaining? Mm. 
The Bible says you want favor, you need to love what is upright and what is holy and what is righteous. That is how the favor of the Lord will carry you through. Favor's not far. It's actually very close. Literally, since I became your pastor in February, every week, at least one, sometimes two, I've had up to like nine people have called me, texted me, told me at church about a financial blessing in their life that week. Completely miraculous things happening at their job, at their company, with their family, with their property, with their investments. Some people have won legal cases. You know what's going on? Yes, God has been angry with us at times. Yes, we've had to weep because of the trouble we got ourselves into. And yes, at times it felt like God hid his face from us. But because we worshiped him, because we love him, because we've taken on his name in baptism, because we have been filled with his spirit, because we walk a righteous path, the Lord looks past our little mistakes that we have made and his favor has kept the mountain of our life strong and secure. And we can look back over our lives and say, God has been good to me and it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have anything. I'm here to tell you the favor of the Lord wants to fall upon your life today. Not only upon us as individuals, as families, but I believe the favor of the Lord is upon this entire church body. I love to talk to some of our charter members, some of our dear sweet saints, and hear the stories about our founding pastor, Winfred Black. We were a church plant back in the 1950s. The Black didn't really come here with much, but he started having dreams of apartment complexes on fire. And he would go to those apartment complexes and start knocking doors. And that is how he won some of our charter members to the Lord. We got 40th and Harrison. That was a miracle. And we filled it up. We got the 720 South Richmond. It was an upgrade. We filled it up. And now we're here on 10400 View High Drive on the mountain, the highest viewpoint, the highest place above sea level here in Kansas City proper. And I feel like David, God has made our mountain stand strong because of the favor of the Lord. You know what's been happening? We filled up 40th and Harrison and we moved. We filled up 720 South Richmond and we moved. And you know what's going on? We're starting to fill up 10400 View High Drive and we're not moving. We might go to a few more services sometime in the future, but I've just come to tell you because we have stayed true to the mighty God in Christ and Jesus' name, baptism and holiness and righteousness. Yes, we've cried a little bit. Yes, maybe God got angry with us. Yes, at times it may feel like God turned his face from us, but through his favor, he has kept his hands on the life church and we can look around and say, we have stood strong. Oh, can you stand with me, church? You've been fighting battles. You feel like you're up against something bigger than you've ever battled before. If you have fought and won the small battles, you're going to win the battle you're in right now because of the favor of the Lord. You may have transgressed this week. You may have sinned this week, church. You may have iniquity in your life. Does that mean God has canceled you? No. 
He's mad at you and he doesn't want to be. You know what he wants? To see some tears from his people. You know what he wants is for his people to run back to him. Because his favor is not just in the beginning of your salvation. It's not just in the middle. It's not just at the end. Oh no, it's your whole life. My Bible tells me that no matter what we go through, that all things work together for good. You may feel like you're in a moment in your life that you don't want to be. You got to trust God that he's working it out. When Joseph's brother said, we've had enough of you and threw him in the pit, he's probably down there thinking, it's over, it's done. I don't care about what dream I had. I'm going to die in this pit. Then he ends up as a servant in a foreign land. I know he's probably thinking, I don't need to be here. This wasn't what I had in mind. But it went from down there in the pit to being a servant, to being in prison, to becoming the governor of the greatest nation of that time. And that's how the favor of God works. You know, I know we really don't know about it much here, but maybe some of you that have grown up in Colorado or been there to visit, beautiful land, you go from totally flat to all of a sudden, boom, mountain, then valley, then river, then mountain, then flat land. It's like the closest thing we got is the mamba at Worlds of Fun, you know, that That's how the favor of God works. It works in the high times. It works in the low times. And when it's all said and done at the end of your life, before we get to heaven, you can look and say, I shouldn't have gotten this in my life, but God gave it to me. I should have never gotten married to the spouse I have, but God gave her to me. God gave him to me. I should have never gotten that house, but God blessed me with it. I should have never drove that car. I should have never had that job. I should have never, I shouldn't even be alive. I should have died a long time ago, but his favor was upon my life. Last point, David said, I entreated the Lord for favor in Psalm 119, and he gave it to him. And that's the beginning of the favor of the Lord. It's not just asking him, but instead it is staying near God until you know you've got it. You entreat the Lord. And this altar is open for anybody that wants an upgrade in their life, to wants to go from the wilderness to a great city that wants to go from something small to something great. You're tired of trying to do it on your own. You need the help of the Lord. Let me tell you, God wants to help you. Come on, we're on 10, 400 view high mountain. And the psalmist said, I will go to the hill from where comes my help. And there is help here today on this Labor Day weekend to take you to another level through his favor, divine favor. I call upon the God of Winford Black. I call upon the God of W.C. Parkey to enter into this place. That took us through hard times. That took us through uncertain times. You're going to keep us going as a church and as a people. I call upon the God who's a blessing God. I call upon the God who anoints, who gifts. But today I call upon the Lord who favors. The favor of the Lord is upon the people today. Hallelujah. Let favor fall upon a worshiper today. Let favor fall on somebody who's been doing big things with, with little, who's learned how to use, as it were, just a stone and a sling to do great things. 
Something better is coming to you. Upgrades are coming to you. Better things are coming to you. And if you'll testify that it's God, it'll happen for you. That's it. Get a hold of God today and treat him for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anger of the Lord is leaving your life. Your tears are drying up. Joy is coming back to you. God's face that was hit is about to shine upon you again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details. Thank you.